This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean, and this is like kind of an advent calendar episode, kind of not. We don't have a, a treat for today or anything, at, at least a, a physical treat that I can hold here in my hand and put in my mouth, but instead a visual treat that I got to experience last night. Yeah, you're a, a lucky son of a gun, I think is the <laughs> appropriate phrase for it, and live in Chicago, so mm-hmm. with Kanye's Jesus is King experience happening in Chicago, it only made sense that you were there. Yeah. I mean, I had to get there first though. That That's part of the process with any Kanye related, anything Kanye related, you know, it, the tickets went on sale at a random time. There was no announcement about it or anything like where it was going to be. It was all kind of like, I found out about it kind of word of mouth from somebody who might've had information, but was still kind of guessing. And I knew what time to go look for tickets. I knew where to go. And I was in the right spot at the right time able to nap some tickets. It was tough. There were like a bunch of people in front of me online on Ticketmaster, but I got them and yeah, at around like, I think five o'clock, I knew that I'd be seeing Kanye later that night. What place were you in line when Ticketmaster loaded up? It's uh, so obviously I had a friend who was looking for tickets and Chris was looking for tickets too. And then I had Ticketmaster loaded up on my phone and then Lauren, my wife had it as well. So four avenues to get tickets. When I uploaded it on my phone, and I logged in way before Lauren, I was uh, there were like two thousand plus people in front of me. It just said two thousand plus, which God knows how many people that actually is. And I was like, and I think uh, the um, auditorium theater is that what it's called? Yeah, auditorium shores. It's the people know it as like the Roosevelt Theater around here. Um, but uh, I, it only houses a few thousand people, so like 2,000 plus, like that's not super promising. Um, and I think the same situation happened with you, right? I was at like 1,400. Oh, okay. And so, what? <laughs> I know. And then when Lauren got on, though, she only had like 170 people in front of her. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know how that happened because I logged on like way before her. Again, I think Kanye's trolling me constantly, but it worked. Lauren got him, and uh, a lot of people didn't, including Matt, although he ended up making it into the show. Uh, So, yeah, and that's how we got into the show, and um, 
got the tickets around like five and had like a few hours to kill. weren't sure like how early to get there because we knew like the line was insane in Detroit. Um, yeah, the time you texted me that you got there stressed me out because <laughs> it was what like the show was supposed to start at nine and you texted that you were there at like eight thirty. Yeah, it, I think um, I know it's tough because like I love Kanye with the passion of a thousand sons but it was also the night before Lauren and I's anniversary we were with her family I wasn't gonna like make us go stand in line for like five hours and I was just kind of okay with getting there when we got there I knew we'd get in and I knew the show would start late which it did uh so I wasn't too stressed about it but uh it was a little daunting when we got there because I went up to the front and I saw a big giant line going out the front coming from the front door and I was like oh man and I started to walk that way and then I came back and and talked to the the guy the security guard who was manning the front and I was like hey like if I already have a ticket like do I get in this line or do I get to go in and the guy was like oh you can go in and I was like oh great (laughs) and I started to and he was like oh wait wait a second and he like brings over a guy and the guy looks at me and he's like oh no 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 you got to get in the line and I was like oh okay and he's like but you don't want to go that way you because the line wraps all the way around the building it'll be quicker for you to just go this way <laughs> and lo and behold i just turned the corner going the other direction and the line is like wrapped all the way around holy fuck okay so yeah it had got in line and was in line and, and again pretty typical for a kanye show it started like an hour late so was in line for still a while even though i got there at the last minute what uh did everybody that was in line get in like those were all the ticket holders. Yeah, if you had a ticket, uh, except if you were the girl who was standing directly in front of me, who decided to stand in line for a really long time, and then when she got to the front, she just pointed at a guy in there. And was like, "Oh, he can vouch for me." And the woman was like, "What?" She's like, "I don't have a ticket, but he he can vouch for me." And the woman was just like, "I can't let you in." <laughs> and the girl just like she didn't even try that hard. She just walked me. I was like, "Oh, okay." That's waste an of time. interesting. Interesting strategy. Yeah, you you got to have something better than that. He can vouch for me. <laughs> Just what? point at some random person. Ah, ah, okay. <laughs> so, I was the line experience anything special? Not special. I mean, you're surrounded by Kanye fans, um, like kind of. Uh, we t- to be honest, it was kind of miserable because. We didn't realize that, like, once we had left for the day, and we left pretty early in the day because we had errands to run, and then we had to go to our parents and all that, we didn't realize we would be gone for the rest of the day. So we weren't, like, properly dressed. It was really nice out during the day, and then at night it was cold and windy. Uh, And I was not fashionably dressed for a Kanye West experience, (laughs) which I felt really bad about. It was, like, literally envisioning scenarios in my head of, like, what if I meet him? Like, how do I explain, like, the way I'm dressed? Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the line experience was okay. We didn't, we're not Chris Lambert, so we don't talk to everyone around us or anything. I was mostly <laughs> checking baseball scores and stressing about the Cardinals blowing their giant lead at the central division in the final days of the season. Um, so that was mostly happening. Okay. That's, uh, sounds like a, a simple, simple line experience. <laughs> Yeah, but once it got moving, it was pretty exciting. People were like hooting and hollering, and we got through the line in like twenty minutes, probably. Awesome. 
and you step yeah. into the theater. Had you ever been to uh, the Roosevelt before? I had not. It's a cool place. It had the same kind of historic uh, setting that the Detroit one had. Yeah, probably. It's pretty old, and it, it looks like you know the kind of theater where plays were performed in like the fucking seventeen hundreds or some shit. <laughs> okay. Except probably not because <laughs> this is America. <laughs> So were people in seats or uh, were was everybody just like standing the whole time? So you get in and first of all, they they confiscate your phones. They, they I was wondering how they were going to do it, but they have this little pouch they put them in basically and they seal it up and you can't access your phone or anything. So that's how they stop people from taking pictures and shit. Although this guy next to me during the show managed to get it out. He must have like cut it open or something. And security guard came up to him and was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I have to take your phone now. Like, idiot. Um, but yeah, so we dropped the phones off. And then you don't really know where to go at the beginning. Like there are floor seats right there, but they're completely filled up from the people who just came in. The floor seats are filled up, but in front of those people in the floor seats, there's like another floor section with only like a few people in them, like scattered people in those seats. Like it must be VIP or something. So you you see that you're like, okay, can't go that way. So you start going upstairs and we kept going upstairs like over and over. Like every time we got to the top of the stairs, someone would be like, keep going up, like keep going up. And even some floors where all the seats were open, we weren't allowed to go in that section i don't know why uh so we just kept going up kept going up until i think we were in the like second highest level there was one more level above us and then we were allowed to go in there so everybody was like scrambling for seats it was actually kind of a shit show and sort of scary because <laughs> we were like right <laughs> at the edge of the balcony and like anything can happen you know kanye fans are crazy um we nabbed a couple seats though like i think in the second row um, so we could still see everything down there. We could see the balcony seats, uh, and we could see the balcony seats where Connie would eventually come out to talk to everyone. Um, and then at some point, you know, there's nothing going on. And then you just hear Saint talking. I think it was Saint. I wasn't sure yeah. if it was Saint or North. Saint. It, it seemed more like Saint, which kind of surprised me. Like I hadn't thought about it, but like, I still picture Saint as like a tiny teeny weeny baby. And I was like, oh wait, he can talk. <laughs> Saints becoming like a person. Yeah, I know. Like I get north at this point, like I'm used to it, but like I guess I don't see Saint as often to know that like he can speak sentences now. So, <laughs> um, and Saint comes on and is like, "I'm excited for my dad," you know, all this cute shit, and everybody's cheering, even though like you can't really understand what he's saying because the sound was really messed up. Um, everybody was just still cheering at everything he said, so you know everyone's hyped. Um. And then, lo and behold, Kanye comes out and he starts talking. What's he saying? He's just, um, you know, he's he, he he's actually very kind of straightforward. He's like, hey, like, happy to be here in my hometown. And he just, like, literally, he's like, he's like we're going to start by, like, watching a movie and then we're going to listen to the album. He's, like, just being very matter-of-fact, actually. Um, so we started with this documentary of the domes he was building. Mm. And um, it, it was just him like talking with all the people he was collaborating with on it, what his vision was for it, and how he's hoping to build these communities. It was it was like a very straightforward documentary. Still though, with like these 
gorgeous shots. Like, of course, <laughs> this random little documentary Kanye made like has like these amazing cinematic shots. Um, and it was still, I mean, it was a lot of the stuff like we already knew, but it was cool to hear him actually like, talking about it. Cause I don't know how often that's happened that actually being in like the blueprinting process and him like expressing his vision for everything and how he wants to build these communities and build these spaces for people where they can come together for church and school. And, uh, obviously going beyond the, the houses themselves, it's all very reflective of Kanye's own journey of, uh, becoming more comfortable with himself and his environment and his space and controlling everything around him. Um, but to see it in this sort of like a work-like manner, <laughs> like him sitting down at blueprints with people and like discussing it. And I don't know, it was kind of cool. What, uh, was it like the whole documentary, like 0% to a hundred percent of the way through, or were you seeing kind of, uh, like the first 25 minutes or something like that? It's, it was really short. I, I think we saw the whole thing. Okay. It was only like pff, 10 minutes long, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Unless there's more, but it, it seemed like the whole thing. That'll be interesting. And that's supposed to go up somewhere, right? Like HBO Maybe. or IMAX or... Oh, no, 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 no. We'll get to the IMAX experience. Okay, so IMAX is something else. I thought I saw yes. somewhere that the architecture doc was going to be released somewhere at some point i guess it could um but it really is it's very simple okay it sounds awesome though i mean you could they could throw it up on youtube probably please <laughs> please okay so you get to experience that um and what happens when that ends it ends and then connie just Oh, okay. This is the great. This is a great part. So then, Kanye just says, like, again, very matter of fact, like, okay, right, like, we're gonna listen to the album. He, he talks a little bit of, about the album and like, he, he's being very broad. Like, this is, you know, it's called Jesus is King. Like, it's about my, you know, reconnection with God. Like, kind of just laying down like the seeds and everything. And then he's like, all right, and here's song one, and uh, and he starts playing it, you know, and it's like, and it's just a choir at the beginning. And then he and he stops it almost immediately, and he looks up at us in the in the balcony, and he's like, "Hey, you want to come down and fill in these seats?" He's like, "You guys should just <laughs> come down here." And then, of course, just like mad scramble, and I'm all the way in the front, so it kind of sucks. <laughs> like if I had been in the back, I could have gotten an awesome seat, but we started running up and like being very cautious because you're going up steps and you're going down steps and. I don't know. I, I actually, I accidentally need a girl in, in the ass when she like bent over for something, <laughs> almost knocked her over. I was like, fuck, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I'm trying not to just die right now. Um, <laughs> but then we got in and then once you, once we got up to the, the new balcony, um, we can move around a lot. Like there were a lot of seats and, uh, we moved over to the right or right above Kanye. And we kind of realized at one point we had moved too far to the right and we were like, we were literally above Kanye and we couldn't see him anymore. No, we were like shit. So we had to like, we circled all the way around and like went back into the hallway and out the other side and got <laughs> on the other side. And we actually ended up getting a pretty good view of him. Nice. But we decided not to sit in a seat and just like post up somewhere, which no one had been doing. And then all of a sudden everybody started doing it. So I guess I'm a trendsetter or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, at that point it was just Kanye. Like he would just announce each song 
like who is featured in it and play the album. Um, and yeah, I don't even know where we go from here. I, I will say I will preface this entire thing before we get into like the music and everything Kanye was saying by saying that like, the sound was really bad. <laughs> like I, don't, I, I guess maybe bad isn't the right word. Like maybe it wasn't an optimal setup or situation, but I, most of the time I couldn't really tell what Kanye was saying. Um, a large part of that was due to like, it was so loud in there and the acoustics were probably weird. And it was really hard to hear the lyrics of the songs. Like I could mostly hear the music and it was cool, but you could tell a lot of the songs are unfinished. You can't really hear the lyrics. You can't hear Kanye setting up the song and saying who's featured in the song. So like I was doing a lot of guesswork along the way. Okay. So yeah, that was one of the reports out of Detroit too, was that the music was so loud and the setup was it the best sound quality to where a lot of the details of the music didn't really come through or a lot of the lyrics weren't necessarily as audible all the time. Yeah. I mean, I will say that I can mostly catch the gist of what Kanye was saying. Like it is a lot of religious talk. Like pretty much every song is focused on religion and which isn't like that surprising. Like Kanye's albums are usually pretty focused um, but this was focused in a different way, like really adopting such specific imagery and a theme. Like, I don't know, it felt kind of different in that way that it was like, like, oh, this is truly a gospel album. Like he called the life of Pablo a gospel album, but it was like something that transcended the gospel album. Like this is specifically a gospel album. Nice. Yeah. And then the music itself, it's... um. This is the part where I don't want to be too hyperbolic because, again, I couldn't hear it fully and you never want to say anything that's like, that'll come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe everyone will hate it. Um, but I got to say that it truly felt like the next step of his artistic evolution, like of him as a producer, as a performer, as an artist. It was... The, it was a kind of music that I don't think he's done before where it really adopts a sound and um, an aesthetic and an environment and is just enraptured in that. It, it made me realize that even an album like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or Yeezus, which are these kind of transcendent experiences that are this, this new kind of music and uh, something you know you've never heard before, even those albums have like songs you know song songs like uh verse chorus verse like beginning middle end like you can some of the songs are uh postmodern and go to weird places like blame game and shit but for the most part you're listening to something very constructed with multiple parts i would say a lot of the songs that i was hearing in jesus is keen like picked a mood and aesthetic and really stuck with it and it kind of felt like a film score as opposed to like a song you'd hear on the radio. And Connie was just kind of existing within it. You know, it was a lot of, and the sounds were all over the place. Like some of them were very heavenly and open and majestic. Sometimes it was brooding, but it always had that kind of ethereal feel of like a gospel sound. And Connie was just like, he really was just maneuvering within all of it. He had these like, he would have, really long bars like he hasn't had in a while like yay didn't really have like 
bars, you know, uh, I can only, it, it made me think of like a fourth dimension and reborn where songs where he actually had like these long verses where he was rapping and rapping and he had a lot of that on Jesus is King. Um, and so, yeah, it was again, kind of hard to describe what it was cause I couldn't hear it fully, but that was the gist I got from it. And it, some of the songs were just fucking like even not being able to fully hear it. Like you could sense it like, okay, this is something like next level. How many do you feel were on the level of ultralight beam? Um, it, it's on the level of ultralight beam. I would say there are definitely a few. It, it kind of reminded me of the life of Pablo in the sense that some of the songs are more album tracks, um, like really short songs that kind of fill out the album and are probably part of some sort of narrative or some bigger whole, but kind of just fit into that like, uh, a piece in the puzzle as opposed to like one song that's like runaway esque or ultra light beam esque. Um, I would say like, probably three of the songs are ultra light beam ish though. Jeez. Any, any more epic than ultra light beam? Okay. So I got to say that I, I'm not sure which song this was. I was looking at the track list and I honestly couldn't tell which one it was. I thought maybe it was Sunday. Um, there was a song in the middle of what he was playing where they repeat Alleluia like over and over. There's this choir going and that one felt like, so like, you know, a lot of the songs, like I'm saying, like are kind of mood music and just like album tracks and everyone's fucking loving it in there. But the crowd is just kind of like bopping to a lot of the songs when this song played where they're saying Alleluia over and over, like you could just tell the tenor in the room changed. Like people were freaking out. It was a song that had like 15 parts and moved all over the place. And like, it was, I don't know, that song was like so epic that I, like in the moment when I was experiencing, it, I was like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is truly the next runaway for Kanye. Eek. Okay. That degree. Yeah. Again, could be being hyperbolic. That could bite me in the ass, but like, that's just, that's how it felt in the moment. I feel like every Kanye album tends to have at least one song that's <laughs> that level, right? So, Right. And everyone is saying that about Salah, which is the last track on the album, supposedly, that has clips on it and Kenny G and everything. And that song was incredible. And before that, he introduced that song, he said, this is the best song in the album. And he oh, played wow. that song. <laughs> and even that song, which is like crazy and like everyone's saying it's the best, like, you know, like that's just another one. Like that's another ghost town or ultra light beam that's on this album. It's, I don't know. It, it's really hard for me to describe what that was like and what the album will sound like. Like, can this album actually have that many like epic tracks? But it did have like three of them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm so excited. So yeah. you're losing your mind. What was the, how was it kind of, I guess, what surprised you about like the atmosphere or the reaction or the response from the crowd or what interested you the most? 
it's interesting because, uh, you know, being a Kanye fan is such touchy territory because so many people like Kanye for so many different reasons and people go in and out of phases with him and like things that he does, doesn't like things that he does. I would imagine even a lot of people in the crowd are not like thrilled about Kanye supporting Trump and maybe didn't like yay. And, but at the end of the day, still Kanye fans, you know, it's hard to gauge like what fans are in the room, but I'd got to say like everybody seemed really into it and was cheering every time he talked when he was talking about, you know, he gave a speech before he played uh, his movie and was saying that, you know, Christians tell me to act this way. Society tells me act this way. And like, I'm not going to do that. You can't put me in a box. And like, everyone's freaking out about that. (laughs) And that's, you know, that's the language he used for like Trump and shit. And everybody seems into it. So like in general, people were just on board and like, I think just happy to see Kanye in the state he's in because you hear, you know, you read all the headlines, you hear all the rumors, you read all the the pundit takes about Kanye and it, you can get really pulled in by that. You know, you can get pulled in by the hellscape of Twitter and how, you know, anybody can have an opinion that's 160 characters and like, you know, and you start to wonder like, Oh, like, is it true? Like, is Kanye losing his way with people? But then you get there and like none of it matters. Like Kanye seems like he's such a good place and uh, is expressing his ideas like very clearly and seems healthy and is excited about his music. And that's just infectious. Like you can't, you can't fake that. And everybody in the room senses it. So I think any of the uglier things you don't like about Kanye, like kind of get washed away in that moment and you remember why you like Kanye and you just kind of get enveloped by the music. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Um, and the speech he gave, a lot of people have been tweeting about this. Um, and again, it was kind of hard to hear him, although it was easier to hear him here because everybody like shut the fuck up because <laughs> they wanted to hear Kanye talk. But he gave a big speech before he played his movie about just why he made the album and how he needed to be reconnected with God and how he went through like a tough time in his life. He, he talked very openly that when his mom died, you know, he lost his way, which is what a lot of people say about him that he became um, somebody he wasn't. He was no longer the young, vibrant Kanye West ready to conquer the world. He was kind of somebody who indulged in celebrity and the uglier aspects of stardom and um, wasn't carrying out his fame in a meaningful way a lot of the times and was instead just kind of obsessed with ego and power and all that, Um, which was interesting to hear him openly say that. Um, I feel like, we've always seen him express that artistically in his albums. You know, we talk about on Yeezus how he's not meant to be uh, a good figure on that album. Like he's an asshole who alienates himself, pushes everybody away. And yeah, sure, he's super powerful and a major celebrity, but it all came at a cost. He lost everybody in his life and pushed everything away and nothing was fulfilling anymore. I I feel like that's what basically Kanye was describing in that moment. And and it's interesting to hear him say like back in 2013, he regretted calling himself Jesus. He regretted having that ego. Uh, I just think it's interesting because we know on the album that he's exploring the ugly aspects of that ego and how it can ruin you. Because again, the character on that album 
goes through hell. You know, he's, he's alone and miserable. It's, it's not like he's describing somebody who's living a great life. Yet Kanye is describing that he, he knew he was that way back then. It, it almost felt like Jesus then becomes Kanye's artistic way of expressing that he knows he's going through a tough time. He knows he's indulging in something ugly. He knows he needs to act better. But he's going to use this album, the show, like to allow himself to go to that place and for him to explore those ugly areas so he can later wash them away. And that's what it feels like is happening now. Like he, he feels like somebody who's ready to move past the empty aspects of celebrity, you know, the, the, the stuff that wasn't as fulfilling earlier in his career to push it all aside and get back to the core of everything, get back to, you know, the Jesus walks Kanye, the person who was inspired by God to create this massive change. Like, it's just interesting because you would think Kanye knew that the whole time, like even when he made Jesus, he was thinking like, well, I, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be acting this way yet. Like it, it sounds like Kanye is basically saying like, he kind of did act that way though. Like there's a lot of meaningful stuff on Jesus and, there's a, it's a very nuanced album. And I think Kanye is exploring a lot, but ultimately I think Kanye is saying like, I let the ego get the best of me and I need to wash the ego away now and get back to a better place. I think with art, it's always fascinating how much is confessional and how much is, mm, Kanye clearly had to understand the, content of Yeezus and the character's journey on the album to write that kind of album that has that continuity to it. Right. Right. And it's obviously autobiographical to a certain degree, but that doesn't mean that he is a master of those behaviors at that point. Like you can realize you have a bad habit and you can imagine yourself moving beyond it and put it into this artistic vision, but that doesn't mean that that necessarily reflects your day-to-day life or that you've mastered it in your day-to-day life, which is why he could have an album that's so self-aware and so confessional and still later regret that experience, right? Because the album's still coming out of a real place of real emotions and real behavior. Yeah. Um, then he played Salah. He got to hear clips, which is like fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a highlight for everybody. Like, what a surprise, too, to have like the clips re- reunion. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, and then he was like, and then again, it, it happened again where I couldn't really understand what he was saying. But he, then he brought up the movie. And I didn't realize, I was like you, I didn't realize there was going to be like a movie at the end. I kind of thought the the architecture thing I saw was it. Um, and then he pulled it up and it was 37 minutes long. I was like, Oh, like what is this? And it, and he had the, uh, the timer on the, the video was set to like 11 minutes. So I thought he was going to show us like a clip from something and he started playing it and then he stopped it. He's like, Oh, do you guys want to watch it from the beginning? <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah. And he's like, and then he started joking with the crowd. And he's like, I don't know if I should. And he like was, He's like, should I? And he's like, should I drag it? And he was dragging the the cursor over to like zero, and then brought it back. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'll play it. And then he played the whole movie. Um, and, and that's got that's the IMAX see, one. 
yes, that's the IMAX movie. It's just called Jesus is King. And um, it's, it, for the most part, before I talk about the beginning of the movie, the, the whole movie itself is just kind of, it's weird. It, it, it's not really like a movie. You know, you think of Runaway and you think of like, oh, it's a movie with like act one, act two, act three, two main characters like go. Okay, it's a movie. Um, this was more, it was kind of experimental. Like it was just shots of things. Uh, what What's the uh, the circular shot he was using for the Sunday service at uh, Coachella? What were they calling it? That like fisheye lens? The fisheye, yeah. Um, it, the whole movie was mostly that. It was like you would just have a fisheye lens on a gospel choir singer singing for like three minutes. Or you'd have a fisheye lens on a deer running through a field. <laughs> and the whole time, gospel music was playing in the background from the Sunday service. And But the, the way the movie started, though, was it was a circular shot on just like a blank area or maybe it was like a light or something and the camera started to go up and there was this aerial pan moving upwards for like a few minutes it was, it was super rad um and it was it goes up goes up and then it reveals like those crater things kanye was creating um where he would have the sunday service at first i don't know what happened to those <laughs> but it kept going up from that and as the camera kept going up like it suddenly started spinning around oh. the crater um and it it was just so like you know this is kind of to the max like he's he's adores film and has a bunch of influences that are filmmakers and obviously he is setting up some kind of I don't know. It, it felt like to me, I wrote about it on forums. It felt like to me, 2001, a space odyssey where the the beginning, w- once you move past you know, the apes and everything and you go into space, there are these very, uh, s- there's a shot of the moon and then it rises up and you see like the earth and then it rises up. You see the sun in the background and it's very circular. And I was immediately like, shit, like it's kind of like directly recalling 2001. And it just had that feel. Like, when everyone sees it, you'll understand what I'm saying. But it very much had that feel and even had, like, the tone of it. You know, the music that plays at the beginning of 2001. Um, It kind of had, like, sonically and, you know, the score and everything. Like, it felt like that. Um, And to have such that kind of opening is directly juxtaposed with like the gospel choir so you have like something very filmic and then something very in the moment in choir like um, I think it called attention to the fact that he was separating the very beginning from the rest of the film and kind of highlighting like you know that fisheye lens that circle and what it represents and how it and I guess what it represents to Kanye you know why he even used it for Coachella it represents like the space he's created and how he's going to use this space, this crater, you know, this gospel choir to artistically explore these places he's always wanted to go with his music. And now he's there with it. Sounds like I keep wanting to use the word beautiful over and over again, but there seems like a kind of a haunting quality about it in like a glorious way. Like you get that mix of, um, oh, what's the word when something's like truly awe-inspiring um like transcendent sublime sublime sure 
something sublime about it because that that space the the crater the Terrell crater is something that Terrell's been working on for decades and mm-hmm. something that Kanye's started funding the work of okay. um I remember for his birthday they talked about there being it was rumored nobody was confirming it that he had filmed a special Sunday service in the Terrell crater and I think it was the Alex Vervoet. I'm saying that wrong. Yeah. But he was in the architecture documentary, right? Yeah, so it's James Trell. Okay. So apparently uh, Alex Instagrammed footage from inside the crater and then quickly took it down. But that was <laughs> uh, the first inkling that people had of what ended up being this movie, um, which is kind of cool just to think that... I don't know. We heard about this a few months ago and now getting to kind of put the pieces together to see what the final product is. Yeah, I agreed. And, and two, just like beyond that, like Kanye's involvement in it and knowing Kanye and what his journey's been. Um, I, again, I wrote about it on the Forbes article, so I don't want to repeat too much, but I, I think very much 2001 a Space Odyssey explores these sort of religious and metaphysical questions about your place in the universe like even though we're progressing as mankind like what does any of that mean if like we're just part of a bigger whole like there are millions of galaxies out there and if there is a god like it almost you you just start to wonder like what's the point of progressing like what are we building towards in as you look for fulfillment and meaning in your life you know these are natural questions that come up and I, i just can't help but think like kanye's recalling those same questions with this and you know, what does his existence on this earth mean? And what does it mean to get inside of one of these craters or start a Sunday service choir and get back to like your roots and get back to your connection with God and how you find it? Like you're just, you're always progressing and always getting better. And I I just think the movie ends up being some insight into that. Like kind of being very open and vulnerable and giving this sort of cinematic lens into that process. Yeah, and there's something, how did I want to phrase that? There's something about, we know that Kanye in the Letterman conversation talked about how light has, light and color have become ways of healing for him and mm-hmm. ways of treatments, uh, especially as he wasn't liking how he felt or who he was when he was medicated in his treatment for his bipolar diagnosis. So what else was available to him? And he's found that light and color are two things as with nature are things that help him maintain his equilibrium. Mm. So there's another layer to that combination of the Terrell crater and because Terrell's work deals specifically with light and capturing light in a space to create a mood and atmosphere that is unavailable in most other times and places. So to have that combination of religion and light, knowing what it means to Kanye beyond just religion, but this is how he maintains who he is and his identity Mm-hmm. that's a really beautiful secondary layer to everything. Yeah. And I'm excited to see people's reaction to it. Cause like I said, it's not a traditional, you know, like movie movie to where 
I think, you know, years later, we're still trying to decipher the runaway movie and assigning meaning from specific parts to Connie's life and where he was at the time. But that's really easy to do, I think, when it is a movie with like a traditional story, because you can see what someone's expressing. Like you can apply like, oh, this part of the story applies to this part of his life story. Like, obviously, um, it's much tougher with something experimental like this, where you're just getting like a bunch of images and ideas and I don't know, it's it's strange. Like there are so many random parts in the movie because at some point it, it moves beyond the gospel choir and Kanye does this like fucking aux- awesome remix of Streetlights where he's sitting in the crater and it's like, it's just a cool blue lighting and someone's playing an organ and he's singing Streetlights and it's like, it's fucking amazing. I hope everyone gets to see it. <laughs> um, and then at the very end, there's like a baby sitting in his mother's arms. It, like all like it, you could like if it was just a movie, like you'd be like, okay, I can assign this to that. But this is like so many different ideas being expressed at once, like an amalgamation of ideas, and like a bunch of beautiful shots, but also very just like it's kind of confusing, and you're not really sure. What, I, I'm really interested to see what people would think about it. Yeah, I mean, they said October is the release, so hopefully within the next couple of weeks, everybody will be able to watch it. We'll be able to do a, a, another <laughs> podcast about it. Yeah. I'll be like, right. now I've seen it. <laughs> we'll definitely need to do that. Awesome. Um, anything else from the night, like when it was over? Yeah. Um, it, it, the movie ended and Connie, I saw Connie leave when there were like 10 minutes left, which uh, was surprising because he never said like goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> but he just uh, skipped out at one point. So when it ended, lights went up and everyone scattered. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I will say that I had just missed, we were going out to the lobby and I was going to check out the merch table and I guess they had just ended the merch table. And there were a bunch of leftover sweaters, and they had just, like, thrown them out to people, and I just missed it. Ah, so you didn't get anything? No. um, I really thought about it, but I I was kind of thinking, like, if I'm going to buy anything, I'll buy it online and get the digital download and everything. Um, Yeah, did you you buy it online? I have not yet. Um, I still haven't decided. It's, It's just, you know, it's so expensive. Yeah, it might be sold out soon. Oh, well... And then I then I'll just hear it when it comes out. Wait, some of these. Yeah, it looks like they're sold out. Mm. I'm sure Kanye's gonna mail me a copy. Or no, of the of the merch. Of the merch too. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. Sounds like a great evening. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was it. It's hard for me to fully describe it, and maybe I'm making it sound boring, but like it was really incredible. Like to be one of a few thousand people to experience something like that in Kanye's hometown city, and to see just how at peace he felt. Like it was it was amazing. I like to like you're one of only a few thousand people in the entire world that have heard this album now. <laughs> yeah, I. I Again, like didn't really hear it, and I assume it's not finished. Um, 
but the even like the unfinished parts I'm hearing, like I can't wait to talk about it on the show, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, hopefully we get the album in just a few hours and then mm. uh, can start in on our newest season and <sighs> all the analysis. Man, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Mm. All right. But until we get to that point, stay wave, everybody. Keep it loopy. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com